You can see my award-winning climate comedy show spoilers at a festival near you, provided you live near or are going to McHuncliffe or Wells Comedy Festivals. More dates added soon near you, conceivably, who knows what might happen. And if you are at Mac, come and see ComCom Redacted live at 4pm on the Saturday. Go to stuartgoldsmith.com and click the very attractive banner image to find out more. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is a podcast from comedianscomedian.com. This is the Comedian's Comedian Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Stuart Goldsmith and I'm incredibly pleased and proud to bring to you today, that's a terrible way to start a sentence, but we're just going to go with it. Uh, I'm very, very pleased, very proud to bring this conversation to you. This is with Dara O'Brien. Uh, who will be known, I think, to almost every single one of you. He's been the host of Mock the Week for 20 seasons or more, uh, and he's a fantastic live performer in his own right. He does huge tours of, uh, of massive sto- solo shows. He's one of those guys that's just like, right, this is the show. No support. This is the whole thing. I'm doing 45 minutes, and then I'm doing an hour. And uh, he's just brilliant. He's well known as... Uh, as uh, a brain as well as a, a comic, but someone who manages to make uh, all of the myriad clever things inside his head very, very funny and accessible. Uh, if you haven't seen any of his work, I suggest familiarising yourself with some of his stuff on either computer games or homeopathy. Uh, you can YouTube uh, either of those bits or get them from other sources like Vimeo, can you? I don't know. I sort of refer to YouTube as Google, but it's not the same thing, is it? Um, already, you see, this is this is the sort of uh, ludicrous uh, offshoot conversationally, a conversational digression that Dara himself would not bother with, such as his enormous memory palace and mental control and so forth. Uh, it's it just really, really kind of him. I met him in his, uh, in his hotel room in Edinburgh while I was doing the stand and he was playing the Edinburgh Playhouse. And we went on to have a hilarious night out on the, I think it was the Saturday night, uh, with me and some other uh, wonderful comedians who'd been at the stand or, or thereabouts, uh, and we went and had a ridiculous night out where we ended up. And um, Dara has a a running joke of um, uh, of whenever anyone, no, he has a running response to a running joke. So the running joke is this, and it's kind of it's probably the funny, it's probably funny the first time it gets done to you or the first time you do it to someone. But obviously, for someone as uh, as well known as much high profile as uh, as Dara, people do this to him quite a lot of the time apparently this is a this is a a a joke that people really enjoy doing to Danny Dyer but I think it must be in a very different spirit and so what you do is you go up to the famous person and you go excuse me mate can we take a picture and they go yeah yeah and then you hand them your camera because you're intending them to take a picture of you and it's like saying hey I recognize you no actually I don't so you can see how in the right circumstances that'd be quite funny Dara's stock response to this is to completely play along with it take their camera uh, and then turn the uh, flip the the, the picture taking mode. So as he takes a picture of them, he's actually taking a picture of their grinning face. This then became, as you can imagine, an enormous running joke. So myself, uh, Dara, Adam Hess, Ian Sterling, Gareth Much, Gareth War. Uh, sorry if I've forgotten everyone. I think that was the main uh, team. Just got hammered in a bar called Pivo in Edinburgh. And um, 
and had a wonderful time doing that to, uh, to, to each other, to other people, encouraging other people to take pictures of us doing that. Uh, and as a result, we had a brilliant night out of which no photographs exist. So it's quite refreshing in many ways. Anyway, that's, uh, that's more rubbish than I normally feel at you at the intro. But uh, what a lovely man is my point. And this is, this is really, it, it's been a while since there was an episode I really didn't want to release. This is such a useful episode, uh, useful for comics, fascinating, I'm sure, for non-comics. I really didn't want to release it. I really wanted to just sit on this one, hence I've been dragging my heels. But no longer. Here it is. This is the brilliant Dara O'Brien. Right. <laughs> that was great. You, you started. Yeah, That's yeah. very unusual. Sorry, yeah. The natural host. Yeah, I, yeah, I felt that it had, we'd had enough dead air. Uh, and really, this, this show had to get going. So, sorry. So tell me about... Did you have music or something going No, there will be. There? There'll be music. I'll edit that okay. in later. But this one, I might just start straight from the yeah, off. I enjoyed a, that. A cold opening. You know, it's very difficult to do a cold opening in anything these days. Yes. Yeah, we did a... Um, documentary recently uh, and we wanted to start it relatively cold and then somebody in the large or, uh, the broadcasting organisation said uh, no, 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 it's really important that you um, we, we, you, we queue it up in a really obvious way who's, what's going to happen in the next while so they, they wanted to put everyone who's in it at the very start but it, the, the line they got sent was because uh, uh, me interviewing somebody and they said uh, uh, if you just do this is the line we think would be the perfect one this came from a, se- a relatively senior person um, the, he said, in my line of work, it's, it's, uh, it's not very, it's, it's, it's a great pleasure in my line of work that sometimes I get, meet, I get to meet somebody who is literally from another world. Uh, and I remember looking at this and going, are you, are you sure they're from another world? <laughs> which, which, literally, which world are they from? This literally person I've, I've, I've been talking to. Yeah, so the, uh, but the, yeah, cold openings are difficult to do. So yeah, I, I think you should push for, you know, because people get, like, get too, shit gets introduced too often. <laughs> like the guy in the continuity says it and then it's in the first frame of it and then they make they want to make even the, the driving trip we want to start the driving trip myself and Ed did yes. with, the, with vintage footage we want to cut straight to the guy from the 1940s whose job journey we were mimicking going I, I wouldn't advise travelling down the Pan American Highway in black and white so you're going oh this is intriguing yeah. and they said that's great but could you first put a picture of you and Ed driving yes okay the, uh, I remember when they started, when they did Down the Line. Do you remember that on oh, the yeah, radio? Yeah. It was loads of people from the Fast Show, and it was mm. it, it was uh, created as if uh, it was real. Yes. And then the very first episode, someone said, comedy now from the makers of the Fast <laughs> Show. <laughs> Come on. So, well, you're, uh, you, you never do a cold open when it comes to your touring shows. You are renowned for uh, walking on and doing lots of great crowd work. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you never walk out and go, do, do you know, here's the jokes. Do, uh, no, no, you, you do some jokes before you do the crowd work. They, you do the, the jokes which are known as, uh, trust me, I'm a comic jokes. Okay, go yeah. on. The actual structure of the show is um, music starts, I do the voiceover, I do the hello, welcome mm-hmm. to. Right, the, uh, and you still occasionally get people who, think, who go... Um, it's very satisfying when they say, uh, oh, why did, why did you get a guy to do it? And then you go, because I play a hundred different theatres and I'm not going to pay a guy to sit in a room <laughs> saying the words, Nottingham King's Theatre. <laughs> Besides, what if we house. have a venue change and yeah, I don't yeah, have the right and then, and then have to fucking cue them all up, like, oh, Christ, where are we now? Where is the one of the of Alan Dedicote, the voice of the balls, saying <laughs> Aldershot uh, Alhambra? Um, 
the uh, and then you come out and you do the intro. But the intro stuff is actually jokes. You want short, punchy jokes at the very start because okay. even though and it is a the term I was told, which is a, trust me, I'm a comic, which is the hey everybody relax, this, the, you know they'll be funny uh, yes. and here's some funny. So no, I you know you come out not quite da 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 hit bang bang bang, but there is an element of yes. Now the one I, I I watched one of your DVDs only yesterday, um, and uh, you the, your opening gag was yes that was me doing my own introduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's one of those ones you kind of go, okay, this is definitely going to get a laugh because it's such oh, a schism it, between the absolutely. perceived it's, status of the comic. and Yes, it's an easy tension breaker and it gets a laugh. See, usually live, the reason that you do that is because for the second half, midway through, when you're doing the second half again, you do it very close to the curtain and then you just start peeping out of the curtain mid-sentence. You go, <laughs> well, everyone, please welcome back for the second half. And then you look around the curtain and go, it is still just me doing this. And it gets another big round of applause. So what are your Trust Me, I'm a Comics on this? Oh, this, God, on your this crown one. tickler tour. Do you, do you stick with the same ones on a oh, tour? Oh, no, on a tour. Like they're, they're part of the show. They're, 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 yeah, the, um, uh, you know, it's not like, hey, I see I'm in blank. Uh, what about those, you know? Yeah, lo- those people from Shelbyville. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Local sporting team uh, are doing very well. No, it's a, um, there's a gag actually that I co-opted from, from uh, um, which is the first gag on, the, on this tour, is a gag that I sort of feel guilty about doing because it was one I used to do in warm-ups, but it will end up being going back into warm-ups again, uh, which is, welcome to the show, uh, don't worry if people are coming in late or something, something like that, because there are no rules here. Um, well, there's one rule. If you're the kind of person who laughs on the inside... You're yes. fuck all used to me. Uh, and, and <laughs> is, that, is that yours or are you saying mine? that's... That's mine. No, no, that's I mine. have seen warm-ups do that. Oh, really? I, I, absolutely. Fuck, that's somebody. That, that's, that's awkward. Unless they've heard me do it, because I've done it on, on Mock the Week for about six or seven years. Okay. Or it might just be one of these things that people come up yes, with. Yeah, I, yes. I have strong feelings that joke theft very rarely happens and that, you know... Everyone just thinks... You're presented think, with the same set of circumstances, of course, aren't you? Yeah. There'll be people coming in late. There'll be people laughing. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. And you yeah. want a general kind of introductory thing. So that is just a general warm up. Like it's, it's literally a warm up joke, and then you're into a thing about having not toured in three years and what has changed. Honestly, the first bit of material is just me screaming, "Where has all the pulled pork come from?" And that gets the first large recognition clap, and then you're into a thing. Uh, but it's a so you do a bit of those, and then you do the audience chat. Then okay. you know because even then I feel slightly like it's in slightly earlier than I'd like on this one. The uh, it's a, it's just a balancing act of how much stuff is prepped. And how much stuff is off the cuff and, you know, when, when you should go from one to the other, like, because they're very different energies uh, in, in how you do it. The, uh, so I think you want to establish it first and then do you play the okay. tightrope. How many, how many minutes are we talking of stage time before you start oh, chatting to people? There's about five to ten, I think. Okay. Five, yeah. And then, so it's not so much of a routine? Is it a routine? It's not a routine. No, no, no. no. The, uh, and, the, and the things there are, there are like, there are about a hundred, half a dozen one-liners uh, and... Then there's a kind of a, yeah, and there's a couple of little half routines and then, then we're into chat. And that even then feels to me a little bit quick um, by comparison to other shows. I mean, the, uh, but then again, you, re- you, re- you rearrange the deck chairs differently on each, uh, on each one of these uh, tips. The, uh, and then you're into, and then it's a case of the contrived reason to be able to do audience chat, which is another thing which is always a shorter <laughs> ride every year. The how can I justify asking these people what they do? Yes. Um, because even that becomes... You, you know, you, I've been doing this 20 years, like whatever. I want to talk to them and I want to get the random elements into the show, but 
I myself, I remember do, writing a routine to kill off ever asking people where they're from because I found myself just getting sick of going, oh, well, you're from France. So what, you wrote a routine I wrote a routine about, making out of comics routine, who do that? Yes, uh, and, about, and about the whole notion that we, you're trading off the, these two facts that we have about everywhere. Oh, look, you're French, well, mm, yeah. you're arrogant and smelly or whatever. And to the point that I actually got the audience to shout the things back at me. <laughs> uh, and I would say... <laughs> to, to underline how little work the comic is doing yes, in that situation. I would say Americans are, uh, and they would shout whatever, you know, stupid, unfortunately. Arrogant, shout, violent, Arrogant, yeah, but yeah, poorly okay. travelled, yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> warmongering, whatever. They would shout them back out again. The Dutch are tall was, uh, was someone that oh, I quite nice. like. The Dutch are apparently very famously tall. The, um, I wasn't aware of that, but yeah, I'm thinking of my Dutch friends now. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, uh, they're an enormously tall people. The, uh, and, uh, the, you know, the French, the Germans, whatever, and just how ridiculous it was. And then I would pick a... I would get some of the audience to think of all of character traits, random character traits, and as, and as exotic and strange as they could come up with. And I'd have a couple of people doing those. And then I would have somebody... And the order, this is quite interesting. You have to do this in the right order. The, uh, and then I would get somebody to name a faraway country that we have no actual baggage for. The, okay. uh, and you'd get Djibouti or Fiji or whatever. Right? And I'd say, what? what? You, don't think, well, you don't think we know about the Djiboutians? My God, if I've heard once in midtown, the Djiboutians are... And I'd point at one person and point at the other person. And you'd, fi- and you'd get some weird <laughs> mixture of a press the, and the people of the one that was because I think I stuck it in the book or it was on a DVD the people of Fiji are or Vanuatu the people of Vanuatu are pompous and um, bouncy or something was the phrase the, uh, or, or pompous and, and uh, clairvoyant or something stupid right uh, uh, two things um, let's say pompous and arrogant right the, uh, the two similar right let's, let's not say that let's say pick up a character trait let's say ticklish and uh, and arrogant right gotcha the, uh, and so that was a, jo- was a funny joke and I said and, and I would wrap it all up with the, by doing various messing around about these this, this, this character mix and then I'd say the weird thing is you know 10 years time you're going to be watching the news and for the first time ever a new star will appear at Vanuatu and somewhere at the back of your mind you'll go ah serves them right the ticklish Arabian (laughs) prince and this year God love them. Vanuatu had a, um, had a, there was a tsunami or there was a flood, there was a civil war or something because my timeline on Twitter filled with people going, oh is God. it really bad? That the first thing I think when I see this is oh, no. those pompous ticklish bastards. The, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I do like the idea that's almost a time capsule joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean? At some point. So, that is, you know, and that is, yeah, no, there are things that, that, that explode, yeah, years later. So, yeah. so you, you created that routine, what, as a way of keeping get, it, get, keeping get, it interesting for yourself yes, or kind of I mean, taking I, I away want, your ability I want the game, to fall I want back. the game of playing with the random elements that are coming in. I want, I want I, every year when I write, I try to write some show that includes a random um, suggestion from the audience just because it's, it's a huge spike of energy and they, they love it and over, over the course of a tour you'll develop a, a, a library of great So answers. by the time you do the DVD, oh, part yeah. of the opening remarks will be Here's the question. Here are your responses. One time in Folkestone. Yes. And then that's the best yeah. one from the last. Absolutely, yeah. Talk. And so okay. actually, you know, there's, there's, there's a straight chat, which is the hello, who are you? What do you do? And, you know, that, 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 that's just a straight conversation. But there's a, in one, there's only one this year, but there have been others in, in more in other years where I've either got them to tell me stories or I've got them to suggest like a phrase that you would shout um, at a burglar to scare them off. It was one of them. Yes. The, uh, you, your questions are very, they're really provocative. Like, uh, the, 
in, in, in you know intellectually yeah. provocative questions. They're like really unusual, very well chosen. They 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 go. There's a process of, of you know you sit down, you write, going, what, can you ask this, can you ask that, can you like with the and uh, and other people do this as well. I've seen Jason Manford do ones about what's the most painful thing in the world because he had a story about the most. Uh, what yeah. he, the, you you ask the question for which you have a topper. Yes, you ask of course. So that you have the routine at the end of it. The, in this one, we're we're writing a. Um, uh, I'm using four suggestions from the audience to write a top quality American c- cable uh, drama to compete with the DVDs, you know, the box sets, the True Detectives in Fargo. So we have we have a detective who does this and a thing, whatever. And these okay. are trades. They're an improv game, I suppose, to a certain extent. Yes. Yeah, but with the, but it's you know the it's uh, it's it's just you want that random element thrown into it, and you because they're there as a resource. It is a difficult thing to come up with the right one. But when you come with the right one, then it pays off 150 okay. times. And what, what other principles are there for the more, the crowd work that you do with, outside of the question, the more basic kind of where are you from? Uh, now, don't stop until you've got four big laughs. Okay. Yeah, the, uh, because it's easy to, and four isn't, like, isn't, isn't set in stone, but some number greater than just going, well, hey, what do you do? I'm an accountant. Bang, here's my accountant joke. Go to the next guy. The, uh, you want more than that. Yeah. Uh, you want to go for whom, what happens, where does that lead to? You want, because there's usually something in it which is unusual and something richer than that. So you want to have a decent amount of time on each person because you don't want to get into, again, um, well, I'm a policeman, well, blah, 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 bang. Here's a, it, it, It's to not be that nightmare image of a club comic who just has a, you know, uh, of a line ready for each place or each job. Yes, right? that, so, n- that nightmare image, you yes. said. That's your nightmare to be, <laughs> what, to be, within, to be working within those... No, no, I like clubs I liked, but, but just being that polished in that this is just a carapace. I don't, I'm not interested. I am just looking if you... Yes. Because I remember seeing somebody... I remember seeing a club gig and there was a... There was a uh, not a club gig, sorry. It was a, it was a compilation show in Edinburgh. And... A, a comic we would both know went on and asked somebody what they did and then there wasn't and then did that kind of oh nothing funny in that went to the next person who had another sort of technical job and he said whoa well nothing funny in that like and, and the first thing <laughs> funny and then he think it was like four people down before we came to somebody uh and then there was either he or then somebody came after and said, oh, uh, what do you do to somebody? And they were like a drugs researcher. Or he got panicked and just left it, just left it. And it was just been, st- it stank the thing. And then somebody came after and said, oh, what are you? And said, well, I'm, I, I, I researched drugs. And it became about, oh, you know, you just trying out drugs all the time. And, thing. and then I was on after it. And I came and said, uh, yeah, you're just, you're in a white coat, aren't you? You're in a white coat <laughs> in a lab. You're testing the effects in a peer-reviewed journal of this thing. And the guy who just went, yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> minutes of people talking about how I was a guy who was like a lab rat who was like you know they used to pump drugs in fact it wasn't even that good it was yes. like oh I bet you love spliff it was like like yeah, yeah. The, I bet Group you love one. spliff yeah. like yeah and I went you're you're like a lab worker aren't you in a thing in a white coat with the, who does western blots on different farm <laughs> pharmacological projects and he was like yeah yeah you know it's like, so uh, so bad you know mis- you know which doesn't say you don't misrepresent them horrendously the uh but you kind of say, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not yes. saying that I get to the core truth of it. But there is a, you, you know, there is a sitcom in all of these things. There is some sort of tension. If you can find it, you don't always find that. But like, I mean, and sometimes you find it and it's just irresistible. Every time you find, like every time I find a surveyor, you know, which is semi-regularly, you find mm. a surveyor. Uh, I cannot, my brain just forces me back to, um, 
do you hold the, the thing or do you hold the pole? Uh, and and do you swap over? Or is it the junior guy always has to hold the pole? Yeah. Or and is there, does he actually all day go and can, can I can I look through the thing? Can I can you hold the pole and I look through the thing and I'll write the stuff down? Or yes. is that you really have to air and that like and they generally are very interested. No, no, you you know, you got one guy has to stand sixty feet away. Because you're actually pursuing it. a genuine a genuine inquiry into that, into the actual human, like the material yeah, yeah, yeah. elements Absolutely. of what that would be like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than oh you work in IT, you must be boring yeah, yeah you're yeah. going what is that what is that like and and give us some like i suppose you're landing very deliberately on on specific facets of the job yeah but you so you are to... giving them a lifeline as well because you're actually respecting their ability to, to yeah. they, they want to presumably if they're the guy that holds the pole they want to say yeah i'm dying to look to the thing i've never <laughs> they've never allowed me to look to the thing i don't know what it does i don't know what the thing does i'm just the guy who holds the pole yes they, and that for me is a, it's just that step toe and son as a as a show like they, yeah yes. that is that is every day i go out and i hold the pole and i wonder what what he sees <laughs> <laughs> like, how do I look to the thing he looks to? So, as you can hear, we're getting along famously. Dara is such a nice guy, and I'm enormously grateful to him uh, for coming along. Uh, and it reminds me as well of something I was going to mention at the beginning, you know, this sort of photo gag. Uh, I have it on, I don't remember, I think I got this from the horse's mouth, but Lloyd Langford, who's a brilliant comic, I'm not sure if he's in Edinburgh this year, I know he's in Australia at the moment, very, very funny comic, Lloyd, and uh, I'll get him on the show as soon as he's back. Um, but he uh, was on tour with Greg Davis, he was doing support for uh, Greg Davis, who as we know is some um, six foot hilarious, and uh, and he would frequently, as is the lot of the tour support, uh, Lloyd would frequently be asked to take pictures of um, uh, of a fan and uh, Greg on the fan's phone, and so Lloyd would deliberately frame out Greg's head. H- how wonderful! What a lovely joke! We'll get Lloyd along on the show soon for his undoubted comic prowess. He's been going ten or eleven years, same as me. Uh, not just for that uh, that one little gag. So more from Dara in a minute. First, a couple of announcements. Uh, now, listen, I meant to mention this several times. There's a very, very helpful person who I might have, you might have heard me mention on the show if you're particularly eagle-eared. Um, there's a chap called James Quintin, known as JQ, known by himself as JQ. <laughs> I mean, I, I really, if you do get in touch with him, do call him James. It'll wind him up. But uh, no, JQ, is, he does a lot of help for me with, um, uh, he gives me a lot of assistance with podcasting. And uh, lots of people, obviously, lots of comics are starting doing their own podcasts. They get in touch with me. I then go, I don't know any of the stuff. It was all set up for me uh, by a combination of people. And my, my hardware guy uh, is JQ. So you can go to www. James Quintin, that's Quintin, not Quentin, jamesquintin.co.uk forward slash recording, and he is offering his services to record stuff for you, um, and, uh, you know, people are making CDs and, and DVDs, and you want the sound to be good if you're recording a thing, whatever level, he's a man to talk to. If you use the code word cake, then he will know that you've come from the podcast, and uh, and that's useful for me to be able to uh, sort of repay him in kind, basically, for all his assistance. So look out for jamesquintin.co.uk forward slash recording. Uh, a little advert now. Uh, there is going to be a fundraiser for the Free Fringe, for Peter Buckley Hill's Free Fringe, on the 30th of June at 7.30pm uh, at the Bloomsbury Theatre. Now, do you know what? I haven't written down that I've got a load of details here. It's a great gig. Stuart Lee, Nick Helm, Howard Reed, Robin Ince, Kate Smirthway, Alistair Barry, uh, Jade Adams, and plenty more, um, and PBH himself. And that is going to be on the 30th of June at 7.30pm. What I didn't double check was the venue. It's normally in the Bloomsbury. Let's call it the Bloomsbury, but basically Google it. If you Google PBH fundraiser 30th of June, that's what I did. 
Tickets are £15 full price, and that all goes to help the PBH Free Fringe. So please, if you'd like to support it, then uh, that is an excellent way of doing so with all of those brilliant names. A couple of gigs coming up. Let's try and do these in order. I'm just going to run through these very quickly and then uh, mention two other quick things, and then uh, we'll, we'll get back to Dara. Uh, so on the 2nd of July, I'm doing a preview. Uh, these are a lot of preview uh, blurbs. The 2nd of July, a group therapy in Manchester. I am doing a preview, a shared preview with John Luke Roberts. Uh, that's going to be brilliant. He's excellent. Uh, 4th of July at ARG Festival in London at 2pm on the Saturday. I'm clashing with some other brilliant acts, so turn up and spin a three-sided coin. Uh, the 5th of July, I'm in Darlington with Deliso Chaponda doing a live podcast at 5.45pm. He is a fascinating uh, a very interesting, very funny, very warm man and uh, has got a, a fascinating backstory and life in comedy. And then I'm doing my own preview again in Darlington on the 5th of July at 9.15pm. 6th of July, I'm in Kilburn at the Good Ship. The 7th is the final Soho pod. I've not been calling them to you, but that's what they've been in my diary. Um, the final live uh, podcast recording at Soho Theatre. It is, of course, with Adam Buxton. We've already sold a shed load of tickets. Someone got in touch in, on Twitter to say that they um, that the code wasn't recognised. Maybe they were spelling faff wrong. It's F-A-F-F. Of course it is. I've been putting it in in capital letters and that seemed to work for me. Um, so the 7th of July at Soho Theatre on Dean Street in Soho with the absolutely wonderful Adam Buxton. He of the Adam and Joe show, the Adam and Joe podcast, uh, all of his own sort of projects, an amazing amount on uh, on YouTube and online that he's got that you can watch. Um, so seek out Adam Buxton's website. You will be bowled over by just how productive that man is. And on the 11th of July, myself and James Acaster are doing a little afternoon preview because of my birthday on the 12th. So on the 11th, um, I am... Uh, I'm going to do a nice preview with James and then we're going to stick around and have some drinks uh, and probably watch Omar Hamdi, who's on after us as well. And then Alfie Brown is after him. So this is all at the Top Secret Comedy Club. Go to thetopsecretcomedyclub.co.uk. It is one of, if not the most exciting new clubs in London. Uh, and uh, it's run by a lunatic friend of mine called Mark Rothman. And it's just such a great atmosphere. That is going to be much earlier than they ever normally do shows. James Acaster's on at 1pm. I'm on at 2.30. They are completely free. So come along at 1 and see Acaster's show. Someone said something inordinately nice about his new show, a preview did recently on the Facebook group. And uh, it, uh, I, I made him aware of that. He was very pleased. He, he is, as you know, if you listen to this show, Acaster is basically a comedy genius. And uh, I can't wait to see that. So I'm gonna, I've made him go on first to warm everyone up by being brilliant. And then I'll go on and do what I do. So come along to see that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, 14th of July, downstairs at the King's Head with Joe Lysett. Brilliant. That's going to be fun. 15th of July, the Museum of Comedy in Bloomsbury. The 16th, I'm at Latitude Festival for a live podcast at 11pm. Uh, I'm not sure of the venue yet, but if you're at Latitude, get there early. Get there on the, the Thursday night. Come and see a live podcast. Guest TBC, but I've got someone quite exciting penciled in for that. Uh, and I'm on the comedy stage at Sunday. Uh, this coming Sunday, depending on when you're hearing this, but Gla- this is the Sunday of Glastonbury Festival. Come and see me. I'm on at the Cabaret Tent. I'm seeing all day on Sunday. That's the big tent in the, the theatre and circus field. There's so much great stuff on there. So come and see me. Say hi if you see me wandering around Glastonbury. Press some money into my hand and say something cool. Let's see how many Glasto-type donations we can do there. It does have to be money. Please do not press something contraband into my hand and then shout police. Not cool, ConCon fans. Not cool. Uh, if you'd like to hear some extra content from this interview with Dara, some stuff that we basically talked for so long, I, I had more than an episode, so it's not better or worse stuff, it's just more, it's just more of the same, uh, then there's about 30 minutes worth of that or so. You can get that from comedianscomedian.com forward slash 
Dara, D-A-R-A. You will need to put in your email address. That will sign you up to my mailing list. And that means I can basically send you one email a year where I apologise for the fact it's only one email a year. But do that for me, please. Uh, Join the mailing list and then you get exclusive access. And if you want to just get the stuff anyway, you can always sign up for it and then unsign up for it. And people do do that. But uh, there's occasional little special treats on there to keep you interested. That's everything. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you would like to donate to the show, if you'd like to support the show, then I really appreciate that. It helps me spend all of the time on the show that I have to spend on it these days. Uh, I really try and make it as, as intelligent. I try and research the questions. I try and, and watch loads of stuff. I try and get into as much detail on, on my guest life as possible so that it's a cut above your, your, your average podcast interview or TV promo interview, whatever. And that all takes time. And that's all time that I could be earning money. So why not? Give me a little something for that. Support the show, comedianscomedian.com. Click on the PayPal button and you can pay £5, £10, £20, a pound a show or whatever else you think is appropriate. Or just come up, rustle it into my hand. That's it for now. Uh, Nazim Hussain next week. Brilliant Nazim Hussain, comic from Melbourne. A really interesting interview and a really nice guy. Very, very funny. Uh, Let's get back for the now to, again, meaningless, but let's stick it in. Let's get back for the now to Dara Brian. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, something I, I often <laughs> ask my guests is I'd like to track the, the creation of material from the yep. note-taking process to the kind of the engine that you put it into to then how it ends up on stage. And something I remembered when I was, I was kind of prepping for this was, do you remember uh, running into me at Ben Norris's mm. birthday party, his 40th birthday? I do, yes. And uh, we were chatting, and I remember we were having a particularly interesting chat because you asked me, at the time I was still doing some street, street shows, yeah, yeah. and you asked me how, how much? much I made. Yes. You remember this as we well? I'm so glad yeah, I've been we, telling we, this story. We, we swapped but confidential knowledge. We swapped about. confidential knowledge, and I have stayed true to that because yeah. I, I, you said how much you get from a street show, and I said, well, how much you get from hosting an episode of Mock the Week and I remember your face was a picture you kind of went uh huh yeah yeah <laughs> that was nice it was a fair exchange yeah, yeah. Of but I think later during that conversation you said something I forget what the thing was but uh, you probably remember with the, the size of your brain mm-hmm. but um, I said oh that's funny and I remember you went do you reckon and you whipped out your Blackberry and you made a note of it. Oh, really? Yes, oh, absolutely. It was something yeah. you'd said. I'm not claiming, claiming you. Oh, okay. Well, you, but you, <laughs> it's great if you said yeah. a funny thing and I said, yeah, that's yeah. funny. Well, basically, that's I had this idea well. for some great Mark Addy banter. <laughs> Apparently it became stuff. No, but I, rem- I remember at the time going, wow, even someone of Dara's stature, and I don't know how old Ben is, I can't date how long ago that party was. Yeah. It's got to be six, it seven years, something like that? Seven years ago. But seven years. years ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember thinking, even someone of Dara's stature, you're kind of, even at a party, you're always on it making notes 
far as I remember, by the way, the reason I know exactly how it is because that party took place. I'd had a conversation in a side street with my wife on the phone when she told me that she was pregnant with her first child. Oh. And then I went from that news to the party. And I couldn't tell. Because how like, lovely. But, yeah. Of course, you can't say yeah, yes. Yeah, I can't say that. But, the, uh, but so uh, that whole night, was it was kind of a weird night anyway. Yes. So, yeah, but... Um, but no, because if I was, it would have been actually. Do you know what? I can because then it would be the summer in the build up to a tour for the two thousand and eight tour, mm-hmm. and that was exactly the point where you're just writing everything down into a notepad. Mm-hmm. You like, I mean, there's on the phone that I have in front of me here. I have this year's skim of stuff that half an idea things pops into your head. Maybe mm-hmm. this is something scribble down into the notepad part on the phone. Or is that notepad. just on a boring app question? Is that the one that comes bundled yeah, with yeah, the yeah. iPhone? Oh, the yellow line, yeah, the yellow one. Yeah, actually, there's nothing. Yeah, because that doesn't update automatically, does it? With the like, if you lose your phone, you've lost your notes. Um, oh god, that's interesting. I don't know if they're because the I, I did that for a while and then I swapped. I lost a phone, so I swapped to another one. Simple Lord. note. Okay, so that, it, that would have uh, been weird. Every yeah, time yeah. you need Wi-Fi, it uh, sucks it all up into the cloud. The, um, yeah, standup ideas, 2010. Uh, the, oh, go on. Really? Um, <laughs> so this is the notes of 2010. Oh, actually, so tell, this, tell us this what might be the past one. Um, tell us what became stuff and what didn't. That would be a good way. Oh, I'm gonna for the. Oh God, they're terrible. <laughs> Come on, if, you, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to Te- hear something. Telling your dad, no, that is high def, and just turning the brightness up. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Hanging out with walking the next day, colon, at the soft play area. Do you remember what, what that is? I have no idea. Walking, as in Christopher, Christopher Walking. I must have met him. I think I met him on John Ross show. But and, okay. and so the idea was that me and Walking <laughs> would become pals, and the next day when I'm just and a soft player with my children, and going, "Hey, honey, this is Christopher, who's uh, who we're hanging out." <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Um, there are types of nail? Question mark. There are types of wall? Question mark. That's in this show. Go on. So, to, so, so that that was the observation. Do you remember uh, where that, you that made was the observation? On the second of January two thousand and ten is presumed the last one that was updated. So, sometime in two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten, I wrote down the words. There are types of nail? Question mark. There are types of wall. I think it was actually after I did a corporate for some hardware company, indicating how little I knew about hardware, and that I'm okay. one of the people who would walk in and go, "What? There are types of nail." Yes. Uh, and to which the man, and, and to which the man would say, "Of course, there are types of nail. It depends on the type of wall." And I go, "There are types <laughs> of wall." <laughs> and that's currently in the show. Um, it okay, comes, it comes in the, in the whole thing about being grown up and stuff. Wow, God, that's how old that is. But you... so, talk to me. Follow, follow. Then that observation did that come up in the writing of this show that no, you looked no, back no, at no. those notes? Presumably, it, it was hovering in the back, and then hovering in the back of my head uh, as something to use. And when I needed. And when I came up with it, I write the shows as a character, like a sitcom character. I've heard you say that before. I yeah. think that's fascinating. Yes. Yeah. And then so, so you know what your attitude is exactly, first and foremost. Yeah. You want to know what your attitude is to a particular situation, and then and that makes it generally quite true. And then the actual funny stuff tends to evolve later. The uh, I mean, for example, that thing, that routine there is is now in a thing of. A general observation that is you get like that learning is easy when you're a child because everything is new and exciting, whereas learning when you're older, of course, it gets more difficult. I'm ignoring all brain science basically. Uh, the learning is <laughs> difficult because nothing is new and everything is just a tiny variation of stuff you've already heard of, right? To which I dropped in this clearly six year old thing about there are types of nail, there are types of wall, which finishes with him going, Yes, what kind of wall is it? And I say the words. Uh, oh, what does the wall? He says, "What does the wall do?" He says, "I said it stops people from seeing me have a poo," <laughs> uh, and that that is the that's the two hundred and fifty two thousand fifteen addition to that joke, which has clearly been sitting on that phone gotcha. for five years. Um, I remember once biting the inside of my mouth and going, "Oh God, that's there's a thing." I wonder where that would ever go. Yes, and it going into a routine about. 
uh, three about proving proof, the proving that we are not made in God. God's image. Yes, yeah, and that we still bite the insides of our own mouths. I, that is fascinating. You mentioned that because that was a specific question that I really? wrote down. Was in, I remember watching that bit and going. In what order did you come up with that? Was that that's the sort of joke that I, or it sounds like it was the sort of joke that I call a cut and shut, where you've kind of you've got a premise that you don't know yeah, what yeah, to yeah. do with, and then you look back over sort of ends of jokes that you haven't got a beginning for, that, yeah, and it and it comes in that way around. Yeah, it, it ends up being a good. There are things that are illustrations of something, but you don't know what they're an illustration of yet. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There are. That's a really nice way of putting it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because yeah. you've got you've made the observation, yeah. but it's just kind of formless it needs something to exactly it does it does you know because you, otherwise you're the, the guy going hey have you ever bitten the inside of your mouth what's that all about yeah yeah so anything, okay. anything you take that bit from the what's that yes. all about and put it into some better context when you have a place because for if it. you didn't do that the the kind of the what's all that about that's another inverted commas nightmare scenario Possibly, yeah, yeah. so part of it is because it reminds me of talking to al murray he said when he writes he writes when he's got a topic, he'll write down a list of all the obvious things to say about that topic under off. the line, don't do anything on this. Fine, that's good. And it sounds like you have a similar approach to quality control. There is an element of like, well, you don't want to be saying the same thing uh, as or the, or the obvious thing. It kind of comes from a different direction. I suppose I don't pick the topic as much as I pick, say, the stance uh, or I pick the situation. You generally tend to be led by, uh, so it's your reaction to it. Uh, Can you give us some examples from from this tour? Uh, of the, the, well, the, the, fear of the fear of Berg. Oh, from this tour, from this tour, from this tour, from this tour, this tour. This. What the hell is this tour about? I'm oh, it need, need it need me this one. Okay. Um, did a little, 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 no, the um, oh, I suppose there's well, there's a, well, a situation. Right? It would be the there is a joke in the show about, uh, or there's a story in the show about. Um, what you call buying a gift for my wife, and uh, and they were I was looking at different jewellery, and then going, oh, this is I'll take this, and then the woman comes back after she'd wrapped it, and I said, John, I'm also going to take the earrings, having had this thing about, oh, you know, they're part of the same set, it'd be nice, you know, it was a big year, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll loads of work anyway, I'll get that as well, and then the woman coming over, and I'm going, I'll get this as well, and genuinely, the woman in Selfridges, one of the jewellery concessions in Selfridges, looking at me and going, and is this. For the same lady, incredible, <laughs> yeah, and me going, oh my god! And then me spending a long time working on what the funniest reaction would be. There was a load of different versions. The funniest reaction from, from you me in the face me. of that, yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. And uh, and how to extend that. And I had a number of different versions, and I had a number of, uh, and and then once it got bundled into. Essentially, this sounds an appalling story. Like funny things that have happened in Selfridges because there was another guy who said to me, I, I went into a, um, uh, I went into a shop because I'm a big man and it's often very difficult to find a shirt of my size in somewhere like Selfridges. And I went into somebody just to cut to the chase and said, I'm sorry, what size, what size do you take in, sh- what size do you have in shirts? Uh, and the man says, me. <laughs> uh, I said, no. Uh, I didn't realize it was, no, the shop. But then I was with person goes, yes, because... I want to kill you uh, and stuff you and mount you and I want to know what they can say. But actually, that never quite worked enough, okay. whereas more came out of the other one. So it ended up just being that one story and ended up being in a very dry second. But so it ended up being about reactions to that and do other departments of suffrages do that. And that led to another thing and led to an audience thing, whatever. But it, 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 is, it is about it, standing there, I have to look 
gormless and I have to, my reaction has to be that of um, somebody f- attempting to be sexually sophisticated in the yes. way that she presumes I am because I'm buying yes. diamonds for an uh, I lady. see. So it's yeah. funny. Yes, it's funnier if you're kind of pretending that you're the kind of yes. guy who would, the sort of who James Bond that, womanizer. That's exactly it. Yes. I, the, phrase, the, the James Bond type would know what to say in this situation. Yes. And whereas I am now saying, and I, and I think. And, and, and when you say you've looked at those different possibilities, have you tried different possibilities yeah, on preview. stage? Yeah, tried or have pre- you sat and written and 10 different versions? Yeah. I'd done done both of those things and then previewed it. The uh, and then the preview process is basically where it, where it, um, it wasn't working that well. So other things got dumped. Ideally, all shows expand. I find for me anyway. Um, and if you set a kind of a nice schedule, like I, it was convenient last year that I was I, I sort of said by Kilkenny in the start of June I will have thirty minutes. I'd aim for thirty minutes by Kilkenny, forty five by Latitude, an hour maybe an hour and a half by Edinburgh. Uh, and then, then take it in September. Do okay. loads of it. Yeah, so I had that thing worked out. In many ways, it's the same show um, at two hours as it was at half an hour. It when it was in Edinburgh. Okay. The because all of the all bits just have... expand. Right. They all just in the telling, and obviously not. There's other things they sparked off, and different digressions appeared. But it's essentially the bo- the bare bones idea. I can't remember me thinking of a of a new routine to put in because once the basic ideas came out of the the throw shit at the wall process mm-hmm. led to the thirty minutes, and then just doing it over and over and over. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you specifically about, um, I've had a lot of people uh, on the show who've been on Mock the Week, who've had very different yeah, sort yeah. of experiences on it. But from the point of view of being the host for the last 10 years, yeah. do you find, I was going to ask, do you find it, I mean, it's obviously a different job being host. Yes. Do you find it easier? Do you find there are oh, advantages and disadvantages? Oh, no, no, there's a that? huge advantage in as much as I don't have to do those rounds, specifically the last round, the walking out one, where mm-hmm. people have to have all of those gags for on those three topics, right? Because I find them both limiting and also just wreck your head to have all those gags yes. on this thing. Um where and for a while, because we're on like the fourth generation of Mock the Week within mm. those ten years, the um, you know if you, the generations being the early years, the John Oliver was on this, <laughs> the, uh, the Roy Bremner, you know, God Linda Smith, a bit like this is a long time back. Uh, Sandy Toxvig was all the mm. for the first couple of years. Then the Frankie becoming dominant, the three mm. or four years of that. Then people on the way to stadiums as guests, which yes. was Mickey Flanagan Milliken. and Milliken yeah. and people coming in and like you know where we were like this. We were part of those shows that were were throwing out a generation of touring comics. Yes, the, um, uh, the, and we would come in, Greg Davis or, or whatever, or Jack Whitehall would come in and do a couple of them or a few of them, and mm-hmm. then, then and they move on to better things. And now we've got a distinctly younger generation, and it's Rob Beckett and Ramesh and Josh Ryan and Sarah Pascoe. Yes, yes. The uh, so we're very much in the fourth generation of that, which is the most enjoyable because it's the most conversational and the least enjoyable in many ways. Was well, the first was it was it's formatted as shit. At the start, and then it was Frankie doing um, the uh, seagull. <laughs> yeah, just dramatically yeah, that is landed. a phenomenally large seagull. Yeah, <laughs> like just as I was saying that about Frankie, his sole animal. Uh, <laughs> now we are arrived. in Scotland. <laughs> yeah, it just landed the the, uh, But it was um, so Frankie was doing that thing, and it became very staccato and bang, bang, mm. bang, 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 and tailored to his particular brand of genius. But it was very difficult to be conversational, and then it's yes. finally got that. So now I'm enjoying it, but actually I haven't necessarily. It's been a gig, and it's been the, it's been the gig I've had, and there's an element of 
you know, not going, oh, I, I shall seek until you find the exact correct vehicle for me. I didn't, I, you know, I don't yes. turn down work. I like work. Uh, that may be another reason why. <laughs> but, the, uh, but now it feels it's more conversational and much more fun. Do you think when it was, and I, we can call it less conversational, I think the word that I most hear is it's when it's combative, when, yeah, it, when it was yeah, in yeah. the Frankie phase. Yeah, 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 and yeah. it's not, I'm not sort of saying that Frankie's entirely responsible for that. But um, the story I, the kind of the, the binding thing that I, I feel like is the, the, the attitude of the circuit towards it, say, the attitude of most of the comics that I speak, right. is that people would say, I'd be, I'd be doing it, and someone next to me would be kind of batting me in the leg going, I, I want my turn. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, there'd yeah. be a real sense of, I've got to get it out, I've got DVD sales, I've got sort of things. Yeah. Do, do you, do you recognise that that was the case? And if that oh, was yeah. the case, do you feel that your role as host, did you contribute to that? Because... Or maybe not contribute, but oh, did, no, no. You, did you succeed did as a result of that? an because... atmosphere that was <laughs> hateful and inappropriate. But, but it... you were able to, to just cream, you know, you were able to say whenever you wanted. You well, could was... cut people off. No one was going to interrupt you. No, 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 absolutely. And then, and then they had to do something because I had to finish off things and, and I, they didn't know I wasn't going to do uh, points and rounds. The, uh, I, sorry, they didn't I, I do points or rounds of yes. furniture of the show. There is, a, there is an element that that was uh, the case that I also had to get in. The, uh, because there was a point where it's just where particularly where it's edited very much around Frankie and his work that you kind of go no literally you could have anyone do this the, my job I'm not, this is not particularly yes because your job is just to go okay Frankie time out yeah exactly yeah, and now here's the point here's the thing and who's but but then there was uh, also a period during the comedy bits where I was vainly possibly but still trying to traffic cop it as it were shush were. one side to bring the other side in and trying to make it to a probably I'd like to think it was it could have been a lot worse because there's seven voices speaking and is, yeah, have you also got an earpiece on not yeah but actually I don't it wasn't as if they were okay. that, that much a bit of that coming in we have enough on this round um, so you can wrap it up wherever you want okay. they, they kind of go move on to the next topic maybe we have enough on that topic they, uh, they, would, they would say that but it is, it's a producer made show like I mean I don't book the show I don't pick the topics for it and this has been a bit of a, of a pain in the arse at times for me you know that they've chosen they've chosen things that they think we should write about rather than us talking about the things we want yes. to um, and the, the, the stuff that people remember are isn't our take on you necessarily on Clegg or Miliband it's it's the megabus uh, you know or the stuff that I you still the joke I still hear back from people are the silly jokes that went off with or me and Ed doing you know um, private browsing those are the ones that, that, that seemed a really the private browsing bit I really liked because that was the opposite of a combative that was just you dissolving into giggles yeah. with a mate riffing yeah, and yeah. I felt like oh that's let's have, let's have that show yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> although this, we've, we've gone more towards that because that, yes. that came two weeks after a similar kind of one about me playing the harp nude. Again, it helps Veds there. Uh, and the uh, so the, and and with the lads in there was you know and uh, uh, the, uh, by, by all of those new faces, it's it's gone much more in that direction. The mm. uh, and I mean, you say the lads. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, apologies. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Because the one, the story, the exact story I was going to illustrate with was was Sarah Pascoe um, turning to message and going, "You know, in years to come, we'll be able to say we knew you or we worked with you back in the day." <laughs> I don't know what I was in the was Thanks, Sarah. Like, well, where am I in this story? Uh, and Rob went, "Well, you're in court, obviously." Uh, and so, um, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In the uh, kind of jolly matey backslappy kind of way, but it's, it, it, uh, the representation of it. 
there is a kind of a, there is a narrative. Um, and this is, you know, let's say, not to pick a random name of a leading member of the comedy firmament who has a tendency to play things in narratives, but Stuart's view, Stuart Lee's view of these things, that it's all very, you know, contrived and uh, and driven by DVD sales and, and mm. tours and all that kind of stuff like that. Yeah. My view of the current state of it is, is that more people are out doing shows, which makes it very competitive in terms of getting ticket sales, but more people are doing long shows than ever where, uh, and this is an inordinately healthy thing, and we're not even close to how many bands are out uh, mm-hmm. around. But the uh, but, uh, but we're a better entertainment process because we've done our time and we've trained, and people write long shows and they finally get like I mean, it used to be the case you get to the end of an Edinburgh run and you couldn't go anywhere with it. You mm. you'd be going, well, this is the last time I get to do this show. And now everyone gets to do it. And it's tough on the clubs, I know, um, in terms of bills and all that, like whatever, because people are desperately rushing to get to an arts centre uh, to their art. But people just do get to do their shows, get to do full shows. So, uh, yes. yeah, listen, I, I, yeah, I'm not saying Mock is part of five or six shows that contributed to that. But, the, but yeah, I think, I, you know, I'm happier in it. And I, there have been times that I've gone, nah, I could take, the, take or leave this now. But uh, last year, for example, it was like, this is The Apprentice. I'm going to free up some time next year. And The Apprentice was actually a, a duller thing to do, even though it's an easier show to be funny mm. on. But it was like, a, well, I've done this now a few mm. times. Whereas he's mocked the week. It's, I think it's going to be quite interesting. The, about the issue of spontaneity. Yeah, yeah. Given that um, we know, in a tour show, for example, as you say, certain yeah, yeah. parts of the, the chat at the beginning are spontaneous. Certain parts of them are opportunities for spontaneity. But you know you've got a topper. And oh no! Yeah, depend, well, it depends on some routines. I mean, but the, but the, ch- the chat is spontaneous. Yeah, the uh, uh, and there is a and you spot it. But the, the, there is material. It's you, we. It's you've we, got a way out through material. Yeah, exactly. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So with that in mind, and I, I'm constantly staggered by how some audience members like we take it for granted that well they know that I say this every night. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. this is an act, people and some people just, don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just wanted to talk about the the idea with mock the week that it is unprepared. Like I don't yeah. think as a show it ever says. This stuff was all made up before a live studio audience or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but we know as comics that, you know, a packet is sent out of, look, this is the stuff course, we're going to yeah, talk yeah. about. Yeah, and it was, it's a news quiz. So there's, 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 we know what the news stories are. We've said to them, listen, this is the stuff that we'd like. These are the, you know, the images we, we, we will have or whatever. The, uh, the manner in which I would regard as unscripted is the it, the, it has essentially seven people who have things they would like to say, mm-hmm. uh, then weaving all that into a a coherent whole and then using if somebody says a thing jumping off that into something else so yes. there's things that people come in and go oh that reminds me of something or here's the thing I thought about yesterday yes. and maybe this is a thing and then it'll go off and ideally it'll go off in, in other directions and yeah. what what pitfalls are there from the from the position of having been at the centre of literally at the centre of the, the V shape yeah, yeah. for 10 years what sorts of things do you see comics who maybe if it's their first or second time on the show, what sorts of things don't work? What mistakes do you see you, people yeah, making? It depends how likely the crowbar is wielded at times and sometimes it does feel like somebody's trying to get... Could go, an existing uh, bit. An existing bit into yeah. the show and that, and that and that's fine because then we all we all know we can all see it and we all have to sort of sit back and listen to the bit. And sometimes it's grand. But, the, uh, but it feels... And actually, the greater one is... And particularly at the moment, now there's uh, now they've finally pushed it where we where go is that they're not listening and that they're they they cut off a thing which is developing. 
Yes. Because uh, they, they cut across because they said, oh, okay, it's grand. And, I, and uh, you know, very experienced comics do that because they want their time in the thing. And you're going, no, this was actually turning into something nice. Mm. And we could, we're, there's enough of us around this table to create a genuine, spontaneous moment that we, we can do here. The, um, and really, all of the things that people remember and quote back. And this involves, including two seconds, and Frankie. Frankie, they remember Frankie for his general Frankie's persona, but there's only a handful of jokes because so many of them, and mm-hmm. they're just a mm-hmm. burst, like whatever. The things that people remember are the things that develop legs. The things, yes. that, things that came from nowhere. The, yes. Uh, and Biquette, you know. That's good to hear. That's, that's yeah. a very positive aspect of it. It's yeah, like no. that improv thing of like, try and make your neighbour look good. The things that quoted back to me constantly on the, and even today, I, I think whatever would be um, the fact that I look like the Megabus man, which was again just all came in, in the studio, uh, private browsing, uh, occasionally naked. No, my large head. There was a thing once about okay. me having a very large head. Uh, and then once that Russell said that, oh, about, I read so about Connie Hook and they said, oh, you must love Connie Hook. And then it became this, they all piled in on that, like whatever. Yes. There were these sort of little jokes, and they were the ones that, for, for good or for bad, were actually the things that people remembered and people engage with, like whatever. And so all this discussion that we've ever had, I remember tweeting this um, uh, picture that, that people have about, uh, the, the, still, they still get back, I heard it back, I got it back today about something, about how I look like um, the, the the man on the back of the megabus. The, uh, and I'm not sure if you've ever seen I'm, don't, I'm you've trying not to visualise him. All I can think of is the Monopoly man Sorry, or the Pringles that's man. that. That guy, you yes, okay, yeah, 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 I can see that. <laughs> With the, right the hat fact on. that somebody has still has that image, yes, and and today I, I tweeted sorry because does because today the, the theatre today the Edinburgh Playhouse oh no the, the Lothian buses the local bus company yes. said Darbreen's in town and listed the numbers of the different buses that go past the Edinburgh Playhouse <laughs> of which there were forty and then loads of people sent me sent me the picture from four years yes, ago of, of me course, of course. looking like the mega bus guy okay. so that is. There, and I have, and then the next week is everybody's already done the Megabus joke, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, <coughs> this is all the discussion of, of it being a hateful show or a misogynistic show or uh, they're deliberately excluding women from the show and all these kind of discussions that, that it's been involved in and been, you know, a little bit of a, you know, and that, uh, and that somebody going about, you know, the, the kind of stuff it does is really hard. And you're going, no, this, honestly, this, let us just remember that people actually watch the show. Mm-hmm. This is the stuff that mm-hmm. they take from it. And it's the silliness and the ridiculousness of that. So yeah, it is, it's those silly improvisational things where the, where the, where the mask of the comedy of here, my one line is in here we are, these young Turks trying to make a name for ourselves by being belligerent, slipped when that I just went <laughs> and it was just us being silly, are actually the stuff that I hear more back about. The question that I normally round off an interview with, and yeah. I like to, it's a little kind of uh, lull them into a, a false sense oh, of right, security okay. sort of thing. The question that I would normally ask is, I like to ask people, are you happy? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And I think... The impression I get is that I almost want to ask you, are you just nailing this? Are you just <laughs> nailing the shit out of comedy and life in your career? Because you you work constantly to huge rooms, to enormous respect. You're, you're someone who who I don't even feel like, with a lot of comics you can go, oh, you know, Frankie's angry about this, or Russell's yeah. angry about that, or you know, Russell Brand is angry about that, or, you know, Russell Howard has his own sort of like a naivety that he sort of pushes. I don't know if I could even kind of write down what your angle is. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And and yet, you are phenomenally successful and hardworking, and you seem happy. Are you happy? Yes. It- okay. For, well, first things. Yes, on a personal level. Yes, I'm happy. And and independent of any kind of outside personal and personal stuff. Yes, I'm. I am 
to performing shows to audiences who enjoy them and who know me and I get to the gratification of spending months writing the work and then getting to do the work. And that's very, very nice. You're catching me at the end of particularly intense seven weeks or so of the tour. If you'd asked me three weeks ago, I probably would have been a bit more weighed down by just it's the town after town after town and I'm a little bit older now and my children are a little bit older now and just beginning to feel that's probably not you know so i think this may be the last of the really huge tours by which i mean the 150 dates might go down to 100 dates over an equal period of time a, a so, piffling hundred yeah, days yeah. <laughs> you know suddenly go from five to four nights whatever with the travel and so it would seem a little bit more manageable that's the one shadow in all this i'm as neurotic as anyone else whatever i can't work out if i'm at the bottom of mainstream or at the top of cult in terms of where i am That's interesting yeah okay. because I'm so not... you still find ways to berate yourself of about course, your course, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a relief everyone <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, but actually no I'm, I'm very like i mean it's very nice to be on two rather than one and not have that level of intrusion of fame um, yes. and also to be able to do stuff like stargazing and it not be like this jarring oh my god but what's his his that's not where we see we we yes. position you it's like yes. oh okay yeah you're doing that the um the because uh, we don't have so strong an image of you that we think this is really difficult <laughs> this doesn't to seem have. jarring yeah yeah okay. it's yeah. just all right okay run you're there uh, and uh, so i yeah it's 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 carved up because i've kept it relatively loose but the uh, but no I, I don't sit there and go i wish i was doing stadiums because or arenas because they're not nice and they don't suit my style anyway. Mm. So actually, the level of property is exactly matched to the kind of rooms I want to play and I've always wanted to play. So that's a, that's a relief. It might nag at you if you're going, God, I want to be, I have ideas for oh, being a brilliant O2 show, but I've never been able to shift enough tickets for O2. I, that's fine. I'm, these rooms are great. They, mm. uh, and, you know... As it works down, which it will work, and there's a routine in the show about showbiz death, so it's, it always does nag at you. I'm yes. going, this will go at some stage. Yes. At some point, I won't be able to still carry on playing these things. I measure out my life in how many more times I'll play Vicar Street. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I've done it 130 times or something. Th- there is a number of times I will get to play that room, and th- I don't know what the number is now. And I hope it's not for a good long time that I can still, you know, I, I had this with Leeds City Varieties once, that if I ever go to Leeds and do City Varieties and I can't get that many in, I'll just drive home and I'll climb in beside my wife and go, ah, that's over. <laughs> <laughs> and, that'll be, and that'll be that, you know. So you have that, like, the... Uh, that is and if you like, imagine that, ah, is that a good feeling? Or is that, like, is that, like, I've done what I set out to achieve? Yeah, there's a touch of, I think, you know, because I'll do a... Even the fact that I've got a fifth DVD and I'm very happy with the shows, and they're, I think they're solid. I think they're they're they're, they're good shows. So far, I don't believe by all means contradicted in when I. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, but I think there's yeah, I think I've done good tours for those times, and the, the work the work has been good. I think I am already to a certain extent in gravy in terms of and like and and so people go, what are you going to do next? You're going did this if I could continue doing this for a little bit longer at least because you don't know you know at some point they've seen you. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is the, you talk, I mean, there are acts I really enjoyed and I go, ah, oh, but I've seen them two or three times now. I've, I've sat in the room with them a few times. I get the, I get where he's coming from and stuff. The, uh, and that may, that may yet happen. You can write just as good yes, a show. Yes, if it's attitude driven, you've well, seen that, the it, sitcom. It can be particularly. You know what the attitude yeah, is. Yeah, yes. it is. And I, may, and I haven't delivered. This is just, I'm just being me on stage anyway. So the, uh, but it was, uh, but I always used to skip around from being angry. And there's like, even the show, there's a, sad, a fake sad, but then there's an angry bit. And then there's a jokey <laughs> bit. Like the, the, uh, so I was very happy to take as many colours into that, uh, into that. So how does one of the happiest men in comedy, right. I think that's fair. Yeah. When you have the, the tougher gigs, when you have the moments of self-doubt, 
What's the secret to getting out of it? Do you have a, I mean, what do you have, a mantra? Is it just no. a thing you've been born with that you go, uh, no, it's no, going to no, be all no, right? You don't switch. You, 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 you bask and you kick, uh, you do the kick the cat thing and you, and you get angry. It, you just, you're, you're carrying working. You've got other gigs. And, the, and then there'll be another gig and there'll be another moment where it works and you get a laugh off something. You just carry on. Thanks, Dara. So thank you very much to Dara. Very much appreciate him coming along. Uh, and well, he didn't come along. I came along, but I very much appreciate him letting me into the, that palatial five-star suite he was in in that glorious Edinburgh hotel. And uh, we got on really well, and he's just a, a really, really nice guy. So uh, very, very pleased to have him on. And what a brain! My God, what a brain! What a comic mind! What a brilliant synthesis of kind of technique and natural funniness. Like that's the most fascinating thing about Dara. He like he really gets all of the tricks. But he sort of doesn't need all of the tricks because he's so funny. So combining all of the kind of the technique uh, and his natural comic ability is, is just devastating. He, there, there are few people who I would be as happy to watch do like two hours as Dara because I know that I wouldn't even look at my watch. Thank you very much to him. Thanks to you for listening. You can donate at comedianscomedian.com uh, and you can just press that. I was going to do a forward slash, but there isn't one. You can, uh, you can donate at comedianscomedian.com. Um, and you can uh, hit the PayPal button, give me a little something to help, as I, I've been listening to lots of American podcasts recently, and they all say, to help keep the lights on. That's right. Unless you donate, the sun is going to be extinguished. So uh, do that. And Nazim Hussain next week. Thanks to Nathan Wood for co-producing the show. Thanks to James Hingley, James Hingley, homebrew, for... Um, for working on the website, which is new. I've been talking about this for ages. It's taken far longer than we thought because we've managed to make it do all sorts of clever things. So that is going to be released very soon. Keep an eye out and uh, join the Facebook group if you'd like little extra hints and updates. Join the Facebook group if you would like a say in the great T-shirt debate. Uh, we've refined the choices now. I'm going to put some new ComCom Pod merch T-shirts up there. You can help me decide what design we're going to go with. That's sort of everything, really. Um, we know about next week's guest. Come and see Delisa. Come and see Adam Buxton. SohoTheatre.com. Put the code FAFF in, F-A-F-F, to get 25% off your tickets for that on the 7th of July. And that is everything. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.